Hey everyone, it's Jeff Anderson from Modern Combat and Survival, and you know that one of my favorite topics to, that we talk about is bug out gear. You know, we talk a lot about bug out bags and what you should put inside of them and how to use them, but we don't talk about a lot are bug out vehicles and the equipment they should have inside of your vehicle and how do you prepare your vehicle for evacuation if you're ever forced from your home. So I managed to get Tony Nestor from apathways.com on the phone to interview him on this topic and find out some of his best strategies that he's used for preparing his vehicle for when he goes out on survival expeditions and stuff that he has networked with uh, celebrities and with media channels be able to show people specifically how to use your vehicle for an evacuation. So I got a lot out of this interview and I know that you are too, so let's go ahead and get started. If bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. As much as I and my fellow survivalists take pride in our bug out bags, I can tell you from experience that it's no walk in the park when you're forced to haul all of your life-sustaining supplies on your back mile after mile. And the fact is, your first choice for evacuating to safety in a large-scale disaster, crisis, or an attack is likely going to be your vehicle. But you can't just throw your spouse, the kiddos, and Rover into the back of the family minivan with a few boxes of frosted flakes and some sleeping bags and make it to your destination safely. In a large-scale crisis, when the roadways are jammed with panicked citizens trying just as badly as you are, to escape an oncoming danger, there are any number of threats that you may encounter. Therefore, it takes just as much planning and equipping as any other element of your survival plan for you to make sure that you have the right gear on hand to deal with any obstacle you may face on your way to your secondary survival destination. And I have just the expert to share with us the little-known gear that you're going to need to consider now before a disaster has you in its sights. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine, with another survival podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and patriot. And joining us today to discuss your bug-out vehicle gear is survival expert and author, Tony Nestor. Tony, thanks, man. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Always good to have you on the program. Listen, everybody, Tony has over 20 years of experience teaching outdoor survival and guiding wilderness trips through his organization, Ancient Pathways. And he's instructed desert survival courses for the National Transportation and Safety Board, National Weather Service, U.S. Military Special Operations Units, and even for private citizens. Now, in addition to this, he has extensive, extensive experience working with the media and film industry He's provided survival training for actors to prepare for such movies as Jonah Hex and Into the Wild, along with working with Andrew Zimmer, the host of the Travel Channel's Bizarre Foods. Tony has been featured in numerous media outlets, including NBC News, the Travel Channel, Maxim Magazine, the New York Times, and the Discovery Channel. And he's the author of numerous books on outdoor survival and writes a popular monthly column for Outdoor Magazine. Now, you can learn more about Tony and his work at www. .apathways.com. Now, let's go ahead and take a good hard look at how to equip your bug-out vehicle to prepare for an evacuation. 
Tony, there, there are obvious types of supplies that someone would place in their vehicle for basic survival needs, such as shelter, food, and, and water provisions. But in your experience, what are some of the little-known ways to get the maximum effectiveness out of each one of these different areas? Well, Jeff, you, you have to think of your vehicle as kind of a rolling survival kit. So you've got your bailout gear, but then you should also have plenty of items stowed in there to deal with an emergency lasting a couple of days because you may be holding up in there. And two of the things I really recommend having is, uh, you know, most people are familiar with emergency blankets, but I, I like the heat sheet product that's out there. It's a little more durable, but some type of tarp that you can utilize not only to wrap up in and stay warm if necessary, but during the cooler uh, times of the year, if you're stuck on the highway, if you're out in the cold, if you're down a dirt road and you get stuck in the snow, you got a hole up in your vehicle, you can take that tarp along with some duct tape and seal off the unused portions of your vehicle behind your front seat. So if you're in an SUV or a van, you seal off that portion behind the two front seats, taping things up, tying things up, pinning it up, however you're going to do it, and then unravel that heat sheet, and that will make your vehicle far more fuel efficient and concentrate the heat in one area, allowing you to survive a lot longer. So just something like that can be really field expedient. Another thing is having some quality food in your vehicle. It doesn't require any type of cooking or heating. So one thing I recommend for wintertime is just having some, believe it or not, shortbread cookies. Shortbread cookies are high in fat, high in calories. They taste pretty good. And then if you add in some peanut butter, you've got something that will get you through a cold night where you may be burning through a lot of calories to stoke that inner furnace of yours. So having some quality fuel in there that you don't have to cook, that you can get in your gut quickly to get you through a cold night. Um, those are just a couple of things that can get started. And then lastly, I'd probably just add in a, a new wick candle, which you can use for melting snow, boiling water, Warming the interior of your vehicle, if you if you crack a window open a little bit, you can use that. Um, and for, for staying warm and so many different things, those will last about 36 to 48 hours. What's good about that also, along with that, you know, your tip, if you put that tarp up and just the heat of a candle. I mean, I know like Eskimos, <laughs> I mean, you know, if they still live in igloos, I don't even know, but, you know, a single candle would warm, would heat, would stay, uh, would heat up. An entire igloo, and I would imagine, like, you don't even have to start your car, like, if you don't have gas or anything like that. That candle can provide enough heat if you if you kind of equip your vehicle the right way. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't take much. Just a few items like that can go a long way. And and again, it's multi-purpose. You can use it for boiling water and, and uh, heating meals and and uh, and keep it warm and so on. Good point. Tony, of course, Murphy's Law is always going to catch up with us. And the time that something is going to go wrong with our vehicle is when we're in the middle of evacuating to our survival retreat. Since it's not likely to find a roadside mechanic on our route, what are the most likely mechanical failures that may stop us in our tracks? And what tools or spare parts should we store in order to to get mobile again as fast as possible? Well, you know, the two biggies are really, excuse me, in terms of vehicle failure, the two biggies are really uh tires and your radiator so we see that all the time here in arizona where i live where we have uh you know 180 200 degrees on the pavement sometimes during the summertime and if you're bugging out of a place like vegas or san diego or or uh, el paso or phoenix you might be driving on roads that are going to cook your tires pretty quick if they're not up to par so you know keep your vehicle maintained at all times you know check it for a few minutes in the driveway once a week before you can be heading out 
But having a can of flat is going to be key or some type of tire repair uh, gel that you can insert in there for punctures. And then having a small air compressor. Those are two must-have items that every traveler should have at all times. And those little air compressors, you can get those for 20 or $30 at big box stores. Having a quality jack is certainly going to help get rid of the donut tire and the factory jack your vehicle came with because they're going to be uh, more of an arm workout than, than frustration workout. Than at your air compressor. And then, um, you know, the, the other thing in terms of uh, vehicle breakdown issues is your radiators. Make sure that you've got the coolant up to par and it's just standard vehicle maintenance things that, you know, most people check on when they're heading out on a vacation, but you should really be doing that on a regular basis because you never know when you might have to pull out of your city or your town and, and take to the open road. Um, the third area in terms of vehicle breakdown is more to do with common sense and, um, you know, just overextending your vehicle's limits. So a few months back, we had somebody that was coming down a mountain trail in their SUV and they decided to take a shortcut and that the shortcut syndrome always gets people into trouble. There's no, there are no shortcuts in the wilderness. And this person thought, well, you know, I've seen those commercials on TV and I got four by four. It's a brand new vehicle. And they overextended their, their rig and ended up uh, bottoming out on a boulder and ended up getting a $3,000 towing bill off this mountain. So just knowing that your vehicle's not indestructible, stick to the, uh, the uh, limits and, and uh, features that your vehicle is capable of and don't try blowing through that flash flood zone or that flooded creek if uh, you don't think your vehicle is going to be able to take that. Yeah, that makes that makes a, a lot of sense. Those commercials make it all look so easy just to go four-wheeling through the mud pits and everything else. We've been talking with Tony Nestor of apathways.com about ways that you can prepare your vehicle for an evacuation if you're ever forced away from your home. We'll be back with more information on this topic here in just a minute, including obstacle breaching, securing your gear from looters and other people who, who you're going to be trying to evading along the way, as well as how to prepare yourself for that liquid gold, that gasoline. How do you, how do you plan for that for your vehicle when all of the gas pumps stop pumping gas? So we got some more great information coming up, but first, check out this message. In any disaster, crisis, or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. 
Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, we're back with Tony Nestor of apathways.com talking about ways you can prepare your vehicle for evacuation if you ever have to bug out from your home. And Tony, when evacuating, there are any number of obstacles, natural or man-made, that may keep us from advancing. So what equipment would you recommend that we consider for our vehicle that could be helpful in breaching any obstacles that we may encounter? Well, I travel a lot in the wilderness, and um, the dirt roads I go down, they're pretty remote. So I I just believe in being pretty self-contained with a few things, such as a folding saw, a collapsible shovel. By folding saw, I mean the type of pruning saws you get from uh, big box garden stores and that. They're about $25, and this can remove small diameter wood and and so on that maybe fall you on the, on the road. Um, a folding shovel just for digging you out and so on, all the obvious stuff. A recovery strap is a very good item to have with you. You want this to be 3 inches by 30 feet long. That should be a part of a kit. And this can get you out of the sand, out of the mud, out of the snow if you're stuck. So that would be a good addition. And then having some carpet strips that are 12 inches wide by about 4 feet long to get you out of the mud and the snow. Um, combining that with your jack and being able to extract yourself from the mud or soil is going to be key. Those are really the big ones. People having something fall across their path, obstructing their view, such as timber, such as a tree, or um, getting stuck themselves. Yeah, and you know, I live out in the I live out in the country myself and you know, we always tell everybody that when you're planning your bug out route that the main highways may not be a uh, you know, the best the best resource that may need to do back roads and things like that. And in where I live in Texas, some of those back roads that people think are roads actually are private roads that people have allowed roads to be on and we even have some areas where they have gates that that can go across the road and sometimes they close them off for things like flash floods and things like that. But um, one of the things that I've added into the back of our vehicle as well is a big set of bolt cutters. I mean, obviously, this isn't something I'd walk around with in a bug-out bag. But in a vehicle, one of the things that we worry about when we're taking back roads is we may come across a, uh, a, a gate that's been chained up. And rather than kind of hook the recovery strap up to it and drag down an entire gate, um, I, one of my things I'm always thinking of is if I have to cut through a chain or a padlock or something like that to go forward, the bolt cutters are have been a, a really good resource that we've had had stuck away too. Yeah, I know. You know, every person's got to kind of trick out their vehicle according to the area you're in, and yeah. so uh, certainly that's a consideration in the Mountain West here where we're at, where roads are closed and. And uh, or maybe closed off during certain times of the year when you're back there, you may not even know that closure is happening, and then you're stuck. We've had that occur where people are, are driving cross country, and and uh, the state workers or whoever close off a road, and then individuals are stuck back there, and, and sometimes have to walk out or walk out or resort to other measures. Yeah. But Tony, with all this gear and provisions that we set up with our vehicle survival kit, there's there's got to be a good way to organize it all. I mean, that seems to be one of the big things I know when we're packing, even if we're packing up for vacation, it seems to really suck keeping it all organized. But then there's also the threat of looters grabbing your stuff if it's all just like on top of a roof rack or something like that. So what's your best advice for storing all of this gear to keep it handy and organized, but also keep it as secure as possible? 
No, that's a good question, Jeff. I know a lot of thought goes into designing bailout bags and bug out gear, and then you you worry about it when you throw it in your vehicle. And there's always the risk of a smash and grab type robbery when you're you're traveling or you're staying at a hotel or, or cross country or so on. I travel a lot, and that's always a concern of mine. And so there's there's kind of a tiered approach to doing this. The, the first thing you can start with, which is really low tech, just getting some carabiners and some zip ties and having that where you secure some of your essentials to the underside of your seat or maybe in the back of the van, and you just zip tie that off in a couple places. Is that going to prevent somebody from stealing all your stuff if they have time? Probably not, but it's going to help prevent the smash-and-grab type robberies, which are statistically the most likely to occur when you're in an urban area. The next one would be getting a, a quality security device like a nano vault or some of the items from Tuffy products, <clears throat> excuse me, having some of those uh, secure lock boxes, and some of those are designed for specific vehicles. So I have a Tacoma, I can go online and I can research what types are designed for Tacomas, and then there are ones that specifically fit under my seat or in the back of my truck. There are even a few designed for Jeeps that fit under the engine or under the hood, rather, and so these are out of the way and and made of heavy-duty, heavy-gauge steel. So, again, look at it from a tiered approach. Have some of your stuff spread around, maybe some of the non-critical items you can just have zip-tied down, and then the rest of the stuff, uh, put that in the lockbox. But that's a really good point to keep in mind when you're traveling. How are you going to secure your stuff? Yeah. Tony, I think the most precious commodity during a collapse has got to be fuel. And we talk about this so many times in, in disaster evacuations where gas pumps aren't working because the electrical grid the electrical grid is down or sometimes vehicles run out of gas and they jam up the highways for miles and miles. We've seen this time and time again. So what's your best fuel survival plan for bugging out by vehicle that someone can prepare for so that they don't end up in that, that highway parking lot like the other people will? Right. So if you're you're going to be looking at uh, fuel capabilities, the first thing is look at your particular vehicle. Document your vehicle the next time you go on a trip and see how far you can go on one tank of gas. I'm, I'm amazed in my urban survival classes when we do this exercise that uh, at how many people aren't aware of their vehicle's capabilities. I know on my truck I can get 300, 330 miles before I'm running out of vapors, and that's just good to know. Uh, so know your vehicle's capabilities, first of all. Live by the quarter tank is the same as empty rule. Always, when it gets to a one-quarter tank, that should be viewed as on E and then fill it up. Don't even let it get beyond that. Some people take it a little further. I have friends of mine in Phoenix that kind of live by the half-tank rule and always keep it above that. But definitely don't let it get on E like that. And then if you are going to store gas, uh, having gas, uh, a couple gas cans in your vehicle, there are some issues there to be concerned about, so you're going to have to look into that for your area in terms of uh, heat issues and flammability. But having some gas cans at, at home or stowed away uh, where you can uh, fall back on that uh, or put that in your vehicle if you have to bug out. And there's different products you can get for stabilizing gas uh, over the long haul. There's one product called Stable, uh, which can be added to uh, gas that's going to be sitting in a can for a few months. And you're going to have to rotate that out. It's not something that you leave sit for a year and then plan on having it work for you. It can actually do damage to your engine. Uh, but, yeah, know your know your capabilities of your vehicle, how far you can go before you run out of fuel. Uh, live by the quarter tank is the same as E-Rule. And then if you're going to stow gas, know the uh, 
the hazards and safety issues there and consider getting some stable to add in. Yeah. Well, Tony, this has been great. I, I really appreciate you sharing your expertise with us on, on how to best equip your vehicle for emergency evacuation. And for those of you that are looking for more advanced information on bug out survival and other skills that you're going to need to save your life in a disaster or crisis, make sure that you check out Tony's website and his training calendar at www.apathways.com. And until our next survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson from Modern Combat Survival Magazine saying train hard, stay safe, prepare now. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.